With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, cheaters, and welcome to a special edition of the Always Cheating Podcast. This is a World Cup edition. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking, Josh. I, I had this thought. So we're two Americans. We're podcasting now about the World Cup. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you identify this or if any other listeners out there around the world identify with this, but the U.S. is not in the World Cup. I am now treated around my office and in my life as as a curiosity uh-huh. because the World Cup is is still a huge thing. Even if you don't really care about football or soccer, you still know it's happening. Mm-hmm. So everyone in the office who knows I'm a football fan comes up to me and they're like, so the World Cup, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, please, I don't want I don't want to talk about it like this. This is strange. And it's not I don't want to be I don't want to come off as like um, uh, superior or anything like that. But do no. you know what I mean? I avoided too. There was, there was, you know. So I have this open office plan at my my job, and there were like four people, like ten feet away from me, all talking about the World Cup, and I was just secretly, I just, they don't even know, they don't know I'm a soccer fan, they don't know that I have a an English Premier League fantasy podcast, they don't know any of this stuff, and I was like, I just, which is I'm why you keep climbing to, up that corporate ladder, Josh. Right, don't exactly, let the cat out of the bag. Exactly, my my dirty secret life. Uh, but I was just like, I can't even start to have this conversation, right? Because I'm going to come up like a know-it-all for one thing. You know, I'm not yeah, going to be right, like, right. it's not, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to like, it's just, I don't know. It's a weird, it's weird to, it is weird because it's the one time when people in America, you know, in in America, uh, <laughs> the people who are soccer fans or, you know, football fans in the rest of the world um, are 
by and large, extremely passionate about the sport, extremely knowledgeable. Um, then the World Cup comes along, and it's such a cool, exciting event that it just brings out everybody else. Um, yeah. And it's it's mostly pretty fun. I, but yeah, it, it is hard oh, to have. Oh yeah, like, and, uh, and totally. Know. The more, the merrier when it comes yeah. to all this. And I and um, one thing that uh, I also noticed in the build up to the World Cup. So the U.S. is not in it, as as perhaps you noticed. All of the media here in the U.S. has been which team playing in the World Cup should you support as an American? <laughs> should right. it be Iceland? Should it be Portugal? Should it be Peru? Right. Uh, all of the above. And I thought that was just kind of corny, but bar none, everyone who has come up to me to talk to me about the World Cup, they have asked that exact same question. Who should I root for? <laughs> yeah. So it is, it's really interesting. Well, what do you the tell people them? Who are, um, what do I tell them? I I do say Iceland. I, Iceland is, is, is absolutely the hipster pick, and everyone knows this, but I, you cannot dispute the fact that them being the smallest nation to ever play in the World Cup finals makes them just this incredibly enticing underdog for somebody who's just coming fresh to right. uh, the World Cup. I, I, it's, it's kind of a slam dunk for a recommendation. Yeah, I think I mean, I think Mexico is a strong recommendation, too, uh, despite yeah. all the controversy in the United States about being a men's Landon Donovan soccer doing, fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah Landon Donovan just doing a bank commercial. If you can strip all that aside, they're a young team, really, really, you know, they played extremely well against Germany, obviously, just a really easy team to root for. I actually think Belgium is not a bad pick as a kind of hipster pick because um, they've really never done anything massive in the World Cup, right? I mean, they made the quarterfinals in 2014, but it's not like they have this incredible legacy of World Cup success. So, and they look like they they I mean they obviously have the potential to go far in the tournament. So if you're right. just looking to go along for the ride, Belgium could take you quite a ways. I think the uh the Serbia team is really good too. I really enjoyed watching them play. Um and the and they're in group E, they're top of group E right now. Um yeah, that is I'm a great curveball pick. Good. So say that the guy in accounting who's uh, just basically a, a New York Yankees fan is like, so World Cup, who should I root for? And you just throw out Serbia. Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, this Serbia team is legit good. Like they, they could be like one of those sneaky like – semi-final teams um it wouldn't be it wouldn't be impossible so so brandon listen i mean that gets us right into you know the podcast so this is basically a two-part podcast uh one is um you know first impression of the world cup we're going to try to keep it at least a little bit fantasy focused um that is our um stock and trade but um you know it's kind of the way that the these groups are working i mean these pot you know these you know Round two has already started. You know, even if we recorded last night, you would have had about three hours to listen to the podcast before the next <laughs> round started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're just going to talk about impressions of players so far. There are some players who are playing really well who are going to join the Premier League next year, or at least rumored to do so. Um, so we're going to talk about them a little bit as well. Um, we're also going to talk about the release of the 2018-19 uh, Premier League fixtures. Uh, we've oh identified a, a few teams to look out for. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about new acquisitions, new teams that have moved to the Premier League um, just in the first couple of months. There's already been um, new, players, know, there's, there's new players that have moved to the league, not new teams. Right. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about new teams later on. Uh, this, yeah, this, sure. Yeah. But uh, lots, lots of new players. Um, you know, there was a big one that was just announced uh, today, actually. Uh, so we're going to get to that in the second half of the podcast. Uh, but for now, um, what we're going to do this is we're going to answer a bunch of uh, questions that we got from people um, on, on on our Slack and, and on Twitter um, about the World Cup. And uh, let's get right into it. FPL Chancer says, how great has this World Cup been so far? Um, that's really – is that a question, Brandon? It's almost like a statement, right? <laughs> uh, 
It is says you how went, dis- you could end it with a with an exclama- <laughs> exclamation point or a question mark as FPL Chancer has done. So yes, question or statement unclear. And he says how disappointing have the big teams been so far as well. So I think it's been a great World Cup. I don't know about you. I'm like I'm all in, man. I'm watching as much as I can. Yeah, I, I think it, so much. It's like so much has happened, and we've just gone through one round of games. I feel like we've lived through an entire World Cup at this point. The amount of upsets and and great narratives that are unfolding. Right. All that said, I still didn't even, don't even really know what the story of this World Cup is. It's just all kind of it's the rise know, of Russian piece. nationalism, Brandon. <laughs> Russia is yes, strong. That's right. <laughs> Putin will be our guest on next week's podcast. Uh, he'll be talking to us about um, his his rule changes for FPL next season. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, we said in our group A through D preview, like there was just no way that that Russian nationalism is such a potent force that there was absolutely no way that Russia was not going to get out of their group. I I never bought the low FIFA ranking. I mean, is anyone who knows their their world history at all uh, knows you know how Russia how Russians feel about the fatherland. Um, well, Josh, they, when you when you were there when they finally broke the siege at Stalingrad, you, that was that was your first thought, right? Like Russia will always do well when hosting the World Cup. That was my first, second, and third thought, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was a, it was an amazing moment. I was on the wrong side, sadly, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a great moment. Um, so, uh, and then big teams disappointing. I mean. Um, it's, Germany that was really basically the, true, right? Yeah, Germany was the most shocking one to me. I mean, Mexico had that game plan down to a T, which was truly impressive. But to see Germany so seemingly lethargic um, or complacent, I, I found shocking. I mean, there's still so Timo much. Timo Wimmer, what happened there, man? I know. Yeah, I even brought Timo into my um, my McDonald's squad. He did nothing mm-hmm. for me. Um, uh, the, the midfield seemed to be an issue there for Germany. Some some disjointedness. Obviously, they were pushing their their wingbacks. Like Kimmich was just coming up too far, not getting back, and they were completely exposed on the counterattack. Mexico yep. was just waiting for that. Ridiculously so, exposed. It was bizarre. Like how? Yeah. How so it, is it just a matter of the, of Germany being a little complacent, maybe a little bit naive about the tactics of of Mexico? This is a mistake that they won't repeat. So kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, I still don't know what to say about Germany other than pff, they kind of blew it in that first game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, France, um, you know, I have I have Antoine Griezmann in my fantasy team and uh, he he came through. We're going to talk a little bit more about what we like and don't like about the FIFA game in a couple of minutes. But um, I love the bonus two points for winning a penalty. I mean, why oh, not, yeah. right? I, I, I guess I'm just in favor of more things that win you points. In, in well, the that's game. like that, that's like Mo Salah um, got two points for winning the penalty, and then what is it? Four points for him scoring the penalty. Well, that's that's exactly what happened with Griezmann. Yeah, so it's it's you know, so it's eight points. You gotcha. Know, for a, right. Yeah, for six. So you can kind of a. <laughs> it's 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 like a, a fantasy onanism. You can assist yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah, it's true. I mean. Uh, and that, but the thing is like, it is always a little unfair if you, if you win a penalty and then the player misses the penalty, which is like a thing that seems to be happening increasingly. Right. I mean, like Lionel Messi only makes like yeah. 45% of his penalties now. Yeah, like if right. you, if you win a penalty, even if you're the player who misses it, I, I do think that there's something to be said for that's such a positive action that should be the equivalent of sure. Uh, it's not quite an assist, you know, but it's, a, it's such a, it's a, you know, it's a, 
You does Messi huge chance? Does Messi team. think he is a baseball player? Like a three hundred average is is great. He's, he's he was a very Mesut Ozil level penalty. I thought it was you know very Mesut Ozil like. I'm amazed that he ever gets to take penalties because he sort of yeah hit it there. at the perfect height for the keeper, <laughs> kind of hit it very close to the middle, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's like yeah, like thigh high in the middle of the in the middle of the um, goal. It seems like that's going, a pretty blockable spot. Going back to the big teams who are disappointing, Brazil. This news is unfolding now that Neymar limped off the training pitch today, right. and there's some question about his fitness for the the round two fixture. That's got to be very concerning if you're uh, a Brazil fan. Yeah, although it's not like they don't have a lot of play. I mean, you know, Firmino could could take that spot right pretty easily. Yep. Um, I, I think with Brazil, it might be a psychological thing, right? It, do, it doesn't seem like they're mentally very strong. You know, I mean, just the level of complaining they did about the referees after the first match. It just that's not the mark of a strong and competent team, right? I mean, yeah. give me a break, like. That's just like, like Germany did not do that in 2014, right? It's, God, we're talking about Germany a lot. But well, it's just, <laughs> you you are that those are conflicting football cultures, I'd say, like uh, yeah. the the South American football culture writ large, and the sort of the the dark arts versus just Germany writ large. As, yeah. As a, um, but Brazil, yeah, they still do have a lot of firepower. That is a talismanic figure down, though. If Neymar is going to miss a couple of games. Uh, yeah. Yes, they have a, a boatload of talent, but you do wonder. Well, okay, look, cast your mind back to 2014, and Neymar went out with his back injury. Was that right before they went down to Germany? Uh, yeah, I think it was it in the quarterfinals when that happened. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he would he didn't play in that match, so um, yeah, right. So yeah, uh, he kind of frustrating but, figure in the match anyway. I mean, he yeah. was he was involved in everything, but you know, I mean, it was not a, it was not his finest performance. I got exactly what I wanted out of that match because I put Coutinho in my FIFA squad, and nice. and there he is with the seven pointer. So boom. <laughs> yeah, to, to, I had <laughs> I had I had Neymar in mind, so I was watching with uh, disgust uh, throughout the match as he. Uh, I, listen, I'm not going to complain about di- I'm not going to do the ugly American thing about complaining about diving, but it's. I, I don't know. I mean, do we even want to talk about VAR? Do we even want to go down that road? Um, we do a have question a question. From- we, we do have a question, right? From I'll I'll read it out, Josh. Gibran right. Trotta asked, based on what you've seen of VAR so far, how would you feel if it was introduced in the Premier League? So, first question for you, Josh: How do you feel it's going in the World Cup right now, and has it yeah. changed your mind at all? I think on the pitch, it's been fine. It really hasn't been a problem. I think off the pitch is where it's worse. I mean, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm watching the NFL, right? I mean, the NFL is a sport that is very much like the game, like does not matter much anymore. It's a game that's watched by 75 million amateur lawyers every Sunday who just Uh spend every single play complaining about the call and complaining about like, like whether this play is reviewable, like what counts as a catch. Um, And this is like a VAR is, I don't know. I, I mean, I think like, I guess I don't really care about things being totally right. You know, I guess I just don't have that like kind of like whatever, whatever it is, this like feeling of like there is a right, like the either a player was fouled or he wasn't, you know, there and is there is no such thing as justice. We, t- we talk about this quote from Unforgiven, the Clint Eastwood movie all the time <laughs> hey. where uh, Clint Eastwood just uh, says deserves got nothing to do with it. Yeah, I just don't think that getting it right makes it a more interesting or fun game necessarily. And I, I just yeah. feel like, you know, like if you if the, the 10 talking points from 
the the first week of the World Cup, it's like you know three of them are about the players, and the other seven are VAR related. Right. Yeah. It's like that's like all anybody's talking about, at least yeah. in social media. And it's just it's just a drag. It's just boring. I, I, I do. I, I, I don't enjoy talking about it. Yeah, I will say I have actually been blown away at, at how it's for the most part been a pretty seamless introduction in right. the World Cup. I mean, if you compare it to the uh, Carabao Cup or wherever they had been using it in England before. Right. Um, As FA Cup was, yeah. Or FA Cup where they would just take minutes and. And you can see the referee and the, and the people in the van sort of working as as a unit as they should be. That said, it does bring out that grandpa in me where it's like, this is not the game that I'm a fan of. Um, I, I think we've a long time. Well, I, I would suggest that longtime fans have come to accept the injustice of it all. It's sort of. Yeah. If I wasn't on social media as much as I am, uh, I probably wouldn't really have a problem with VAR because I don't think it's really affected the viewing experience. I don't think it's slowed the games down at all. Um, I just think it's like it's subject to abuse. Like once you once you introduce it, like everything is I I don't know. I I guess it's just that I find, as I said a minute ago, I just find talk like VAR is like a talking point. Like should that penalty have been reviewed? (laughs) Shouldn't have been? Was the player offside on that goal? Wasn't he? Just I, I just it's just boring to me. I just don't think it's very interesting. I'd rather talk about, you know, some amazing athletic achievement or like, you know, a tremendous defensive performance and, you know, like some like analyzing a mistake to death, like just uh-huh. isn't interesting to me. Um sure. I, I find it very dreary and kind of tedious. So V A V A R <laughs> a bit like a bit like self driving cars. No one will talk about self driving cars unless they actually run somebody over and kill them. So <laughs> right. V A R is fine until there is an awful mistake yeah. that's been made at some point during this World Cup. It will it probably yeah. will happen. Right? I'm sure it's coming to the Premier League. I'm sure it'll be fine uh, eventually. Um, like they'll get, they'll, they'll work at all the kinks, but you know, I don't think like being a little suspicious of it makes you some like 19th century, like Luddite, you know, like I, I, you know, I I think that like, I think it's reasonable to be like a little worried about how it's going to roll out. Let me put it this way. There are a lot of, uh, FIFA, EA sports, FIFA players out there. I'm sure that's a video game. It is a completely controlled environment. There are still calls that I believe they get wrong in that video game. They will never solve this problem. Uh, all right. So Adam P says, uh, this comes from Slack. He says, which players have you been the most and least impressed with so far? Uh, and which player from the opening round would you like to see in the Premier League? Uh, I, so Diego Costa, I think I mentioned this in the Spain preview uh, a couple podcasts ago. I thought Spain would sort of live or die based on Diego's performance in the number nine. Now, who knows if if Costa continues to play? Maybe they go with the strikerless formation. But I thought he looked so amazing. The he was the guiding light for Spain in that Portugal match. His goal, uh, opening goal, where he just destroyed Pepe and then shimmied through the entire Spanish defense. Yeah, I think that's my favorite goal. There have been some amazing goals scored in this World Cup. I think yeah. that's my heart's favorite goal right now. I, I really liked that goal as well. Um, I thought, um, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I miss having him in the Premier League, right? I mean, I know if you're a Chelsea fan, it's you have more complicated feelings and, and maybe, I don't know, I always liked him. You know, maybe it's because I just I've yeah. gotten so into the fantasy game now and he had like the club, the, the club part of it, like, you know, doesn't I? I don't know. It's like I, I feel like I can just enjoy him for how crazy he is. Well, just yeah, exactly. The narrative aspect of of following the league, following the sport. He is 
he's a great player and also a terrific heel to use like a wrestling term. Right. Um, just, I think you need a villain like that uh, right. it, to, to keep the story going. So he's been great. Um, I would, I also have to shout out basically the entire Icelandic defense. Um, <laughs> yeah. They should all just come play for Burnley. And mm-hmm. I think that would be terrific. I just kept watching Iceland play and imagining the sensation of tackling Messi countless times in the 18 yard box. Um, <laughs> what a fun thing would, that would be. I mean, not to mention <laughs> Hall Dorson saving a messy penalty in the World Cup. So yeah. Iceland defense and goalkeeper. You guys uh, have a free pass. Come play in the Premier League. Yeah, I I could I totally agree. Um, I think I mean obviously Ronaldo, right? I mean that's kind of a given. We don't really need to bang on about him too much. Yeah, he but, could come um, play for Burnley as well. Yeah, you know, the thing about that that the um, the third goal that he scored, right the the 89th minute, you know, hat trick completer is it's one of those goals. It hind, like it, it almost looks easy. Like when when a goal when a free kick like that is scored, it almost looks easy. Like it's, yeah. it's like oh that's yeah sure of course that's you just kick it straight. You know well you, <laughs> you should really, you sh- sure you've <laughs> but, shared you've but, shared these stories many times on the pod of of Christian Eriksen lining up a free kick around <laughs> that same spot for Spurs, and you just say well that's going in, and sure enough it does. And that yeah. was exactly how it was for Ronaldo. Not to compare yeah. Eriksen and Ronaldo, but you know what I mean. Well, I mean Eriksen was amazing actually. I thought in that Denmark game. Too. I mean his his assist to to score that first goal was incredible. But but I, what I was going to say actually is that you know is the next day, and I and I I really hate doing. Uh, Messi versus Ronaldo comparisons, but how many times did Messi have a free kick in those situations? You know, like in very similar spots in the second half of that game, and he couldn't convert. And it's just yeah. it's hard to score a free kick. It's not like you know, like when it, when they when they go in, it looks easy, but uh, or kind of easy, I guess. But like sure. you know, but how many times do you see it just boot right into the wall? Right, that's what happens. Yeah. Or or you go under, which is what happened today, which was fantastic. Sure, um, um, that was uh, the uh, we we talked about this player. how that. Um, Messi performance against Iceland on the back of Ronaldo's performance. That's what that's one of those games that who knows what it means for Argentina long run in this tournament or I mean, not to diminish Messi at all, but that's one that will stick out in his legacy. It's 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 a it's a strange one. Uh, I I will nominate the the entire Serbian team as well. We talked about them a little bit earlier, but um, Sergei um, Milinkovic Savic, uh, I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, he plays for Lazio. It looks like he might move to Manchester United this summer. That's that's kind of what's on the on the table right now. He was so good, and I don't think he ultimately uh, even like picked up an assist in the game. But he was just all over the ball. He was incredibly dangerous, uh, just awesome player. And that whole team is just Alexander Mitrovic. Unfortunately, was like in Newcastle form, not Fulham form. Mm-hmm. In the mansion. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't exactly. know. Uh, you missed yeah. the Serbia game, right? Yeah, I didn't catch it. I did hear yeah. that he missed. He he blew quite missed a few a opportunities. Yeah, that right. team is just set up really well. I mean, with with Milinkovic Savage, you know, as an attacking mid. Uh, then you've got you know Monic in the middle, um, Mitrovic, who I I think was okay. He just didn't. He just couldn't quite convert. But you know, got those great fullbacks and, uh, and Kolarov with a with a yeah. with a total bazooka, as we've come to know from him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess as uh, a bit of fullback, he's kind of he's a little bit. He can do both, right? He's a right back or a well, he's back. right. I guess he's a product of the four at the back system. So who knows? Right. Who knows what the modern Ivanovic is? <laughs> right. Uh, any any young players that you've been impressed with? Like anybody anybody you'd like to see in the league? 
Well, uh, the obvious pick here is Chucky Lozano for Mexico. In Mexico, the the whole team looked electric. And Lozano was, he he looked so fast, looked really great on the ball. Excellent um, composed finish there. I, I will say like Chicharito, I've never been a huge fan of him in like in the last, you know, handful of years in the Premier League, but he was doing a real job for Mexico. Usually his role when you see him in league play is fox in the box or poacher, that sort of thing. But him initiating um, or creating opportunities on the counterattack, doing a little bit of hold up play. He really looked fantastic for Mexico, but Chuck Lozano, great young player. And the two guys who played off on the right for Peru, uh, Apollo Guerrera and Andre Carrillo. Yes. Um, I think those are the two guys that had the bleach blonde hair. They both looked sensational in what was, you know, ultimately a, a losing effort, but those guys, yeah. were they, they, they look like powerhouses really quick Chris, and, and, you know, Christian Cueva, the guy who missed the penalty, uh, played really well as well. That Peru team, that was a heartbreaking loss. Uh, I mean, they, they, they you know, I, I know they, like, they gave it of, everything. Yeah. There a lot of people have talked about the incredible number of fans they brought to the, that they brought to Russia. And what I mean, is it? 60,000? It's just incredible, and it's not the it's not the big of a country, you know, and and all these like little five five guys, you know, yeah. just running around, and uh, I, I I can't see them getting out of this group, but um, I'm definitely rooting for them. Yeah. All right, uh, we have a question from uh, our friends at Who Got the Assists. What's been the biggest surprise for you watching the group stages so far? So you know, you've got Iceland tying Argentina, Mexico upsetting Germany. Is it for, I mean, for me, yeah. it's, I mean, we talked about this at the top, Russia, never underestimate Russian nationalism, but for them to have the stat that was making the rounds today after the Egypt match was Russia has now scored eight goals. That's the exact number of goals that Spain scored during the entire World Cup winning run in 2010. Yeah, it's they've. I mean, it's yeah, the, the kind of a team wide. I mean, the Cherishev thing is is amazing, right? Because he's you know, he, he didn't even start that match, right? He came on after Zagreb yeah. went off with an injury, right. uh, you know, has picked up uh, three goals now and, uh, uh, and those, and, you know, three goals in two matches. And he looks, when I first saw him, I thought he was fat, <laughs> I was like, okay, he, he, but he just like, he looks really bulky, but it turns, I think he's just got like these giant delts. He's got like a, like a swimmer's body or something. Okay. And it makes okay. him look really bulky, but it's like, a, I think he's just like, he's just very big up top. Uh, but anyway, that's probably more information than you needed. He's, like, he, he's like the opposite of Eden Hazard. He's, he's, he's not big in the bottom. He's big up top. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest surprise for me is just, yeah, how good their, um, the midfield is look for Russia. Um, you know, it's just, it looks like, uh, uh, and the defense actually too, right? I mean, I think they only, did they concede any shots on goal in play in that, um, in the first two games? Maybe it was, or maybe it was like one shot on goal or something like that. I mean, they've really, um, you know, they've really, you know, been much stronger defensively than anybody expected. Yeah. This is a team that has like, you know, it's, it's kind of a mashed together defense. Uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of players. I, mean, I know one guy came out of retirement to play in that defense. So, um, I mean, you've got a Brazilian guy in there. Like, what, what's going on? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is going on? We, we, we have made it this far into the podcast. I don't know if we can lump this in with surprises, but we obviously are the bulk of our listenership is from the UK or English listeners. What have you made of 
uh, England after their first game against Tunisia. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I guess I mean you got to give them credit for winning that game, right? I mean, Tunisia's not bad, right? I mean, they're ranked you know what twenty second in the world or something like that. Um, just because like nobody, just because they've never heard of those players, doesn't mean they don't play well as a team, you know. So um, I think. I, you know, I don't know. I think, um, I, you know, Harry Kane is amazing as we thought. And, yeah. um, and yeah, it's, it's frustrating that Sterling hasn't played better. Um, that I, I don't know. I mean, it's like Sterling is so good and just, it's almost like you wanted, like, you wanted Pep to like, to like coach the England squad and like, here, like, <laughs> right. co- you know, like meet up with Southgate and be like, here's, here's how to get the best out of them. You know, yeah. it's like, here, here are all know. the cheat codes, Southgate. Now go, go win the world cup. Yeah. I mean the, the number of goals that, that Sterling has, I mean, I know he joined the team really young, so that probably skews his numbers a little bit. Um, yeah. But he, he really should have many, many more goals for the English na- national team than he does. I think, um, yeah, he's got two goals and 39 appearances. Yeah. Um, which seems really low, right? I mean, for, you know, especially given the way Sterling can really beat up on bad teams, you'd think he would have racked up like a hat trick and a friendly or something. Yeah. Not to be a total homer, but the win reminded me of the U.S.'s opening match against Ghana in 2014. And uh, Dempsey scored in like the first five minutes. Then um, Ghana drew uh, 1-1 and it took a Jonathan Brooks header on a set piece to win. And it was like the 86th minute or whenever he scored and um, listen, England fans, you will make it out of the group if the U.S. v. Ghana is anything anything to predict. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't think that makes you feel any better. But um, and and I, yeah, England obviously has a much better team than we did twenty fourteen. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I think they're definitely going to go through. Um, I'd be you know, I mean, I, I I just they've already they've already defeated Tunisia. You know, they just have to win that Panama game, right? And they're basically through. So yeah, um, yeah, probably second place in that group. All right, All right next, next question? question. Next question comes from Jeremiah Johnson. He says, is there any history of an FPL player going farther into the World Cup and it affecting his FPL play one way or the other? Uh, are they more likely to be rested or is the break big enough to not worry one way or the other? It's actually, it's a very good question. Yeah, I, I read Jeremiah's question when we were getting ready for the pod and my first thought was not actually of the World Cup, but Alexis Sanchez coming out of the Copa America when yeah. Chile won. And I thought of Sanchez too. Yeah, he missed like, like the first month of the Premier League season, if I remember correctly, and it took him a while to get up and running again. So if if you're the star player, particularly one of, of Alexis's caliber where you're you're really expending a lot of energy for your team, I think it does definitely bite into um, your output when the league season starts. Yep. These guys are going to get an extended break, um, I think. Um, yeah, honestly, anybody who makes it into the elimination stages of the World Cup, especially the quarterfinals or later, um, those are players you're really going to be wanting. You're going to be wanting very cautious about adding your squad. I mean, honestly, it won't be that hard because they just won't like it'll be telegraphed well in advance. You know, like they just won't be playing the first you know two or three weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh, FPL King, uh, who he'll he'll get his fair due uh, in the middle of this podcast. So we'll come back to you, King. He asks, after watching the likes of Brazil, Germany, France, and Argentina all really fall flat after round one, do you still see the winner in that pool above, or could someone else prevail in this World Cup? So if you had to call it after after just one round of matches, Josh, who's the dark horse to actually win? I mean, do you believe Serbia could win? Is Is Belgium actually in contention 
Yeah, that's a good question. Do I think Serbia could win the World Cup? Um, no. I mean, do you think do you think <laughs> England could win the World Cup? After watching round one, I would honestly believe anything. I mean, I could see <laughs> Ronaldo winning the World Cup with Portugal sure. just as sure. they, they did in the Euros, which is something I think I would have poo-pooed before the World Cup started. How about I believe this? anything at this point. How about this? Could you imagine Russia winning the World Cup? That would actually be weirdly cool, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't kind know. of could believe it, right? I mean, <laughs> I guess that's like that's two wins against two bad teams influencing me a little bit. I mean, Egypt's okay, but like two, you know, two straight wins, you know. So I'm, I'm probably there's probably some recency bias here, but just given how fired up they are, I don't know. I could see it. I mean, would follow you if up, you were if you follow were, if up you, question? Yeah. Would the world go to war if Russia won the World Cup? <laughs> I mean, let's say you're France right now. If you're France, would you want to play Russia in a in a like quarterfinal match? <laughs> yeah, it's it, You'd it's be interesting. Yeah. Right? No one, no one would. No one would. No, no. If you're unless, Belgium, unless you maybe you're, no you're Spain or yeah, I mean, Spain or Germany, maybe they because they have the the generally recent experience would would be less afraid. But but even right. still. Yeah, I mean, it's this is assuming Germany makes it out of their group, right? Which, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. Was, I think it was Ryan O'Hanlon on The Ringer. Um, he made the hot take of Germany doesn't make it out of their group. And I laughed and I laughed at, at that hot take. But mm-hmm. um, I can't mm, believe you I, read The Ringer's soccer coverage. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, <laughs> no, we're not recommending it. <laughs> FYI. Uh, it's just it's like a little too hot take for my yeah, for my taste. Right, it's, right, not, right, it's not right. it's not serious enough because um, I'm a I'm a total stop now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anyone else? I mean, okay, let's just okay, let's just let me ask you this question. Give me two teams that you think could win the World Cup based on the first round of fixtures. Uh, I suppose um, I suppose Belgium because. It took the it took Belgium a while to get up and running, but when the pieces come together, when they started scoring goals, it's just one match. But when you see De Bruyne playing a uh, a pass, threading the needle like that, and Lukaku is scoring, Lukaku is scoring. Hazard and De, and De Bruyne are playing the way they're going to play. That's brilliant. And uh, I, I do not want to under, underestimate their chances just to put a full campaign together. Yeah, I think uh, I'll put Spain up there. Um, I think the thing that I had me a little worried about Spain is did they have a, a forward, you know, who could who could score goals for them? And, you know, Diego Costa has not had a great run out in, in earlier years. I mean, it's the, the 2014 World Cup, you know, was just a massive flop for Costa. Um Maybe still feeling the effects of, you know, basically not like not playing for Brazil, right? And yeah. playing for Spain instead. And, and then having to go to Brazil to play in the World Cup. And I, I probably had messed this head a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think Spain, um, I mean, what can you do about Ronaldo, right? I mean, you know, but I, I don't think, I, I didn't come away feeling unimpressed with Spain just as a result yeah. of that. Yeah. And that Though team is I... just, you know, loaded like front to back. Somewhat rooting for Spain to finish second in that group to get a very early um, matchup between Uruguay and Spain. As, yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah, Uruguay still like uncontested best front two with Cavani and Luis Suarez. However, they did nothing in their first match, which yeah. which wiped out a lot of uh, FIFA fantasy teams. 
Yeah, I know. I, I had Cavani. Yeah, my my cap like I had like a total captain fail. Like just, I, I ended up having the captain Maya Yoshida. Like <laughs> there were so <laughs> so many failures like every day, and then I, I should have just kept it on. Um, um, I, I had it on uh, Griezmann, and then I, I moved it again onto Neymar because I was like, I think I can do better yeah. than eight points, um, and uh, I could not. Well, it's incredibly ridiculous to try and predict the winner right now. So let's let's forget we ever tried to answer that question. <laughs> next next question comes from Tom Campbell. Quick question about the successful bid to host the World Cup for the United States, Canada, and Mexico. How excited are you guys, and are you intending to go to a heap of the games? any particular countries you'd like to see. Tom, I am I'm thrilled to say that uh, all the anxiety about the US actually qualifying for 2026 is gone. So, yeah, I'd love to see the US play. I am a huge yeah, I'm a huge 10 out of 10 in terms of excitement. I was really, uh, you know, Wednesday morning when we woke up last week, I and and I found out, you know, cuz it was really early in the morning when it, when it was revealed um in the United States. Um yeah, it, was, it made my day. I mean, I was just so excited. I mean, it's 8 years from now, so like you know, who even knows if the United States will like exist in eight years, but you know, if we're, <laughs> if we're still, we're still kicking around, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. I mean, eight years is so far away though. It's hard to like, I know I, mean, I had, I, know. I, I, I almost, uh, you know, had a heart attack thinking about how old I'm going to be in 2026, <laughs> but, um, but can we stop and talk about how insane it is that in effect, an entire continent is hosting the uh, World Cup. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Qatar. Qatar is hosting. You could fit Qatar <laughs> Qatar into my pocket or cutter or however we want to pronounce it. <laughs> right. You, you fit, it could fit in my pocket. And we, we still need the giant landmass that is Canada. We're all going – we're all going to truck up, at, Listen, up to Edmonton. If it, was, if it was the United States alone, they never would have won because people hate Trump so much. And even the thought of double the profit I don't think would have been enough to get it. I, I think you needed – Mexico and Canada as buffers, basically. All right. A question question for you, Josh. So we live in New York. Do we want to go see uh, World Cup matches in New York or should we just travel to California? Wow. Good question. Um, let's, let's travel to Mexico, actually. Yeah. Let's go to, to LS Teca. That'd be amazing. All right. Let's start saving up for that now. Um, final question. Question comment uh, from Samuel West says, favorite moment thus far at the start of the U.S. broadcast of Japan versus Columbia. The broadcasters let's, uh, let off with, let's play soccer. <laughs> I love it. And uh, yeah, I loved it, too. I loved it, too, Samuel. Um, it's It was so ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> the, the U.S. Like- broadcasters are <laughs> insane during the uh the Peru-Denmark game, there was this Mexican <laughs> broadcaster on Fox who is – he's Very a famous man. broadcaster, famous for his, you know, his long goal, you know, celebrations. Uh, Jorge Perez Navarro is his name. He kept making references to Aerosmith songs. <laughs> and there was this moment when uh, Christian Erickson was taking a free kick and he, he does the build-up to – Erickson making the kick and he goes, Christian Erickson with the free kick. And right as he kicks it, he yells, fire. <laughs> what? Yeah. Was... You and I were talking, you, you, we were talking on the Slack about this. I, I was excited about it. You were, you were a little, it was a little too much. I actually hated it. And then I loved it. I like came around on it because it was so here, it is here's the, the world cup, you know, it's, it's like, it deserves some pomp. It, it was, it was, there was some pomp. It was fun, but there is a way to do it. Like Ray Hudson is a completely ridiculous uh, broadcaster, yeah. but in his ridiculousness, it comes across that he 
knows the game. He is enmeshed in the action on the field. This Jorge Perez Navarro, he was riffing like he was just okay. at a at a backyard will, barbecue will, watching it on TV. I will respectfully disagree with you on Ray Hudson. I okay. can't. I actually can't listen to a game if Ray Hudson is calling it. Well, Liz, I'm not. I'm not like riding hard for Ray Hudson here, but as a point of comparison, the, okay. the Jorge Jorge does get bonus points for when Denmark actually did score the goal. Uh, in our preview podcast, our listeners know we made a lot of. Uh, we made much of the nicknames of all the of the teams, and Denmark <laughs> are the Red Dynamite. When Denmark scores, he yells, "Boom goes the dynamite!" So that was pretty. <laughs> the cool. Danish dynamite, aren't they? The Danish Danish dynamite, not the red dynamite. So there you go. Right. Red devils. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Who are the red devils? That's the uh, that's Belgium, right? Right, and Manchester United. But yeah, yeah, Belgium in on the international stage. If we want to split hairs here, Josh, are we talking about the World <laughs> Cup or what? <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we, we still have uh, our. We want to run down the top tens of our leagues. I also want to talk about. I want to compare the FIFA World Cup game with the FPL game. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. Same old podcast, Brandon, as we've talked about in earlier podcasts, our Patreon set and forget uh, World Cup League is up and running. We had well over 100 people, right? 110 names, something like that, ultimately. More than 110. I think it was 117 in the end from our Patreon supporters group. Yeah, so, yeah a, ton, a ton of Patreon supporters participated. Um, and basically, you had to pick uh, one team from all of these various pots. Um, I'm, I'm amazed. I thought, like, I was a little worried that everyone was going to have the same team, but I am actually only. I am only the same as one other person, and even then, we have a couple different tiebreakers. Um, yeah. So yeah. 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 Do you? Have, is there one person you have the same picks with as well? There is. There are a few people I think I have the same picks as, but our tiebreakers are are enough to split the difference. So yeah. um, we did you mention think it's this on the hundred goals in the World Cup final. I right? did pick. Yeah, combined hundred goals for the eventual <laughs> Golden Boot winner. Uh, there, but I, I did mention on the Patreon Slack that there will be blood sport if. If the eventual winners tie in both tiebreakers, so look forward to that. All right, you want to read the top ten? Yeah, so the top ten on the set and forget game is uh, we had a tie in tenth place. Rob Butler and Pratik Mali. Then it's William Syme, Sean Mackin. This is working up to first place. Ricardo Atunes, Lou Gutierrez, Rick Horn Hortensius. Sorry, Rick. Uh, Josh Landon. Never heard of him. That's that's me. Uh, Jesse Halstead tied with Josh Landon and Rick uh, and Lou and Ricardo all, and Sean, <laughs> and, Sean. All, and William. All you guys on 23 points. Uh, Jesse Halstead, uh, 23 points. And then uh, second place with 23.5 is Craig Morrison. Tied with Craig is Patty Brown, FPL King. So uh, anything could happen here still on Set and Forget. That's right. Uh, we have a few Patreon thank yous as well. Uh, picked up uh, several several new supporter, uh, several new uh, Patreon supporters since our last podcast. Uh, thank you to Matt Massette, Craig Morrison, Pratik Mali, Sasha Cole, Mike Duncan, Eric Freeman, Dominic, and Sean. So uh, thank you to all you guys. Uh, if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, uh, you can join, which means you join our Slack where we talk about strategy and World Cup threads. And uh, we have an Ask Us Anything thread that you and I were talking about Landon Donovan on this week. Um, yeah. And there's, uh, you know, once the season starts, actually, that's that's when it really, when the Premier League season that is starts, it really kicks into, you know, super gear. So um, visit patreon.com slash always cheating. It's, uh, you, can, you can pledge for one month and drop out. Uh, there's no, like, massive commitment you can literally pledge three dollars and then you're and then you're you're you know 
Well, then you can leave and we'll, we'll accept that. So. <laughs> and we'll, we'll never speak of it again. No, no questions asked. So, Josh, you wanted to talk uh, quickly about the FIFA World Cup game. What do we like? What do we dislike about this game? It bears some striking similarities to FPL, but there are some things that do make it dif- uh, different. Yeah. And before we do, I thought I'd run down the top 10 of that as well. So, um, um, not a lot of, not as many real names in this one. I, you know, the, the, the Premier League game makes it a little easier because they have actual real names on here. But I think I, there's a couple names you will recognize on here. So, Josh, when uh, you start an account with FIFA.com, are you really going to want to use your real name? <laughs> I like signed up through like my Facebook account. So I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we got a tie for ninth, uh, two way tie for ninth, uh, Blazing Squad and Muller's Millers, uh, FPL Fatty and Big Time Charlies are tied for seventh. Uh, the General's Troops, that's FPL General, is in sixth. Uh, he's had a very good start to his. Well done, Mark. Uh, yep. Uh, Blaze Matweedy Squad is in fifth. Um, RR World Cup 2018 is in fourth. Uh, the FPL Physio, another uh, another Twitter account, that uh, another strong Twitter account, is in, is in third. Um, Tomaboy, uh, Ireland's Lost Sons, is in second. And Padsy13, a.k.a. the Fantasy King, is in first place with 97 points. True to his name. Uh, Last I talked to Patty on the Slack, uh, he was number one, I think, in England or whatever whatever nation um, he's hailing as his own, having a great start to the World Cup fantasy game. Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, you know, I, I, we were so busy getting the uh, all the Patreon stuff together, and uh, I, I, I just didn't put as much time into my team as I could. I, I have such a quick turnaround, too. But um, well, let, let, okay, so let's talk about that. I've got my uh, team pulled up here. I I have, if I had any issue with the FIFA McDonald's game, it's that it requires quite a bit of. It's like having a. Um, what do you call those like a Tamagotchi, those little digital pets that you have to like feed all the time or else they die. Right. That right. is how I feel about this team. I need to keep feeding it every night. So uh, <laughs> I had Luis Suarez up front and I captained him. And of course, he blanked in his first match. And it was Friday, Friday night. I was out. I was I was having fun. I was hanging out with friends. And I did not switch the armband before the next round of fixtures started at 9 a.m. here in New York, or uh, 6 a.m. here, 6 a.m. So uh, my armband was stuck on Luis Suarez. That that said, um, I feel like I did, I made some good picks on my McDonald's team. I had uh, Big Rom up front with 10 points, Mm -hmm. Philip Coutinho in in the midfield, Isco in the midfield. He almost had a worldie there against Portugal Mm -hmm. that bounced uh, just off the goal line. Um, and I, I jumped on the Grandquist Grandquist bandwagon there for Sweden, twelve pointer, and Muslera Muslera for Uruguay in goal with the seven pointer. So I think I yeah I finished there with fifty two points. How does that compare Very to solid. how you did? I, I can't even uh, find your yeah. team anywhere. How'd you do? I don't know. It's I'm in there somewhere. I I yeah I didn't do as well. Uh, you know I just. You know, I, my forward line really let me down inside of Griezmann and uh, my defense, too. I, I made a bunch of late last minute switches. I I sort of let some group thing get to me. I got talked out of a few <laughs> players um, and I I ended up with no clean sheets, which uh, was re- really hurt me. Um, and then just, you know, one captain fail after another. Hamas Riga is not playing today until the 30th minute. Uh, that was really annoying. Christian Eriksen came through for me, almost had a goal in his game as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, I have to admit, I am I am not. 
it's fun to do it because it gives you a little extra, like it's just a little extra reason to follow the games and whatever stuff. But I, you know, I take, as anyone else in this podcast knows, I take the FPL game way too serious. I take it 150% seriously um, when, you know, something like 80% would be a lot healthier. Um, but uh, this game, I'm just not taking that seriously. I mean, I, I made my, I made my swaps for game week too. I, I actually brought in Ronaldo for, um, I mean, nice. part of the fun for me was to have players that, um, that I've just never had before. You know, I mean, it's fun to have Ronaldo in your team. It's fun to have Antoine Griezmann. You know, uh, it's Cavani. also fun to have Romelu Lukaku when he's actually scoring <laughs> goals. So yeah, it, it took the true. World Cup yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, exactly. So so let's talk about the game itself a little bit, though. Um, you know, I, I want to stay positive here. So let's let's talk about... There are some things I actually like about, about the game in comparison to the FPL game. Um, I... I mean, okay, so shifting captains and swapping out players is the biggest thing, right? That you can, you know, if your captain fails on Friday, you can shift to a new captain on Saturday. Um, You know, if a player um, doesn't, as long as they don't get a red card, if a player, um, you know, if a defender loses a clean sheet or a player blanks, you can swap them out for someone on your bench. And I I don't know. I mean, I, I think I might like that if it came to the FPL game. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, it's, you yeah. wouldn't be able to do it quite as often because the games are typically just on two days, sometimes three. But would that be an edge for people who take the game more seriously? I suppose it would. And that's I think that's something we've seen with the chips where the FPL, FPL towers, they're trying to avoid that. They're trying to be a little more inclusive with the game. I mean, the, right. the chips are debatable what the impact of that has actually been. But um uh, also, in a way, I guess the shifting of captains and swapping out of players makes the game even more friendly to newbies because it's more forgiving. How many times, um, you know, have you set the wrong captain? And that's right. just that's just how it goes with FPL, and you have to move on. Um, I wonder if it would it, even things out in a way that would be annoying, though, too. Like, would it flatten scores too much? You have to believe it would. You look at what happened with Mo Salah in the past season. Like, so many people lost ground because they believed gambler fallacy style that Salah was going to cool down at some point. So they kept captaining Kane, and Kane would blank. And the people who kept the faith with Salah or, or um uh, they just kept armbanding him, shifted ahead. If you could have swapped, everyone would have landed on Sala every single week, and that's that's just a, a facet of the game that's taken off the table. Right. I do like. I mean, I think that's true. I but I, I it would also help t- players with stronger benches. I mean, even if you couldn't swap out captains, but you could just swap out underperforming players for bench yeah. players. That would be a huge edge, right? And I don't think that would yeah. I don't think that would flatten scores out in the same way. I think that would yeah. be um, you know, something that could really um encourage people to think about their whole team and really make your bench even more valuable, right? I mean, right now a bench yeah. you can you can get by with a bad bench for throughout, you know, a good maybe the first ten or fifteen weeks of the season. Often, oh, I've done right? it. And, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least like your your third bench spot, you know? And so yeah. you know, be able to swap out a goalkeeper if uh you know, if they, um, I don't know, have an underwhelming performance or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I, I, I like that idea. Um, there's usually enough matches on Sunday that you'd be able to keep a couple players in the, in the hole, you know? So yeah, I, I, it's I kind think of fun it, going into that opening match with, with, you know, Zhagoev who limped off in the 22nd minute, which is, you know, super frustrating, especially when they conceded, you know, when they scored five goals. Um, but to be able to go into that match, like a match I w- wasn't that interested in, to be honest. I mean, it was interesting because it was the opening match of the World Cup, but, um, you know, Russia, Saudi Arabia. I mean, it wasn't like 
I was super jacked for that game. Um, you know, but to go into it with like, I mean, I, I went and watched it, you know, I couldn't resist, but, uh, but knowing that I had a captain in that game did give it like a little extra juice, you know? The goals in that game, I mean, for how crummy Saudi Arabia were, I mean, Russia were scoring just like, those are some of the, some incredible goals. That free kick goal at the end was great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. So the last thing I'll say, shifting captains, I think it's really great in theory. I think it works for a short tournament style thing. Does it work in actual practice for FPL? I have no idea. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Um, it'd be interesting to try it uh, or roll out a version of the game that had it or something. I don't know. Um, I think I'd be in favor of it though. I, maybe I'm just like, I would, I would like to do this. I maybe do this, but you can't have chips or something. I dropping chips and adding yeah, these. I, th- I would be, I think that's right. I think that's yeah. right. Okay. So uh, points for winning and losing, um, points for cons- winning. And then you lose. Yeah. If you, if you're the one who concedes a penalty, you lose points as well. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You concede the penalty. You lose. Okay. Right. And, uh, we talked about this with Griezmann and Sala, how they were able to assist themselves, um, the wonderful uh, fantasy onanism that that it is. Um, we're we're generally in favor of this. Like I don't know that we have to discuss it too much. It, it seems fair. No. It only, it's only yeah. fair. I, yeah, we're in favor of more points. Uh, maximum captain. This is a chip. I, I haven't even dug deep enough into the FIFA.com game to figure out how I even play the maximum captain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, the highest scoring player in your starting eleven becomes the captain that game week. It's a it's a chip you have to use before the match starts. So or before, wait, before okay. the match week starts. So how do you play it? I'm looking at the um, interface right now. It's. I think you just press it. I don't know. I <laughs> I haven't played it either. It's like Google it, Brandon. Pl- Google it. Yeah, I think going into the next match is when you'd have to play it, Brandon. Okay. So like, this is know, another you have to, you have to one click where and run three. Okay. Yeah. Th- this is another one that I I think it's cool. Great. It makes sense. It seems forgiving. It's nice. Would you rather have this chip over bench boost or um, triple captain um, free hit chip? I think so. I think all of the above. It definitely bench boost. Yeah. Triple um, captain is kind of triple captain is a bit more of a gamble. I think the that's what makes that chip really exciting is it's a high ceiling, but it's it's also a risk. Whereas the maximum captain is low risk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. I think that's, it'd be like a little less stressful, you know, you just yeah. said it and Hey, all right, let's, let's go guys. Yeah. It'd be fun for a double game week. <laughs> Why am I playing FPL if I'm not stressed out? All right, that's the whole the appeal of the game, right? The final thing that I like about the FIFA World Cup game is the little slider for the price ranges. This is stupid. I, 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 <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. It's fun to slide things. It's fun to push buttons and all of this, but it adds it adds nothing. It's ridiculous. Well, I don't like the way the FIFA game forces you into they keep shifting the prices for you. Suddenly like you're you're looking at one team and the max price you can or the you know the lowest price you can put is 4.3 and then it's 5.2 and it's like just I like the consistency. Just 0.5 I got my little slider. <laughs> I move uh-huh. it over, and then I start sorting from there. I, I yeah. just like maybe I just like the way they sorted all this stuff. I, I think it's easier okay. to look at it than it is. You also want the little game. Russian World Cup wolf dog thing to talk to you to give you fun messages, like he's Clippy in Microsoft I, Word. I'm into that dog. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome actually. If popped up. <laughs> okay, bring bring the Russian wolf dog to FPL. That that's the big the big uh, lesson there. 
All right. So while we're talking FPL, the fixtures have been released, Brandon, the 2018-19 the yeah. fixtures. First thing is a bit of news. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you may have seen this, but Brandon, you and I are going to the United Kingdom. Yes, we are. We're we're coming to the UK. It's, it's the it's the reverse Beatles. So you know, it was a big deal when the Beatles came to the US. Now it's a big deal. We're 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 the American to really stretch this as far as I possibly can. We're the American Beatles of FPL in the United States. Yeah, I don't even follow that. But yeah, I, think totally about it. Just think. You. Don't think I, about it too I, hard. I agree. To think about. I won't think about it. I'll disagree with you. Um, <laughs> It's yeah. So it looks, it looks like we're looking at we're the kings of Leon, basically. Yeah, I think the first week of October is what we're looking at right now. Yeah, Fulham and, Arsenal yeah. Uh, at Craven Cottage. That's looking like what we're going to build our trip around, and a perfect one for the cheaters because those are both our clubs. Exactly, and uh, I think we're going to try to get in that Thursday and hopefully catch an Arsenal Europa League match as well, mm-hmm. uh, and then possibly take a trip up to Manchester Liverpool area. Uh, I mean, I'd be willing to go all the way, like up to um, up to Newcastle or Sunderland for well, maybe not Sunderland. Well, so yeah, that's, so that's League New- Two now. <laughs> so Newcastle League plays one. Old Trafford that weekend, um, but uh, and we're taking recommendations from all the listeners. But here's another option: if we're London bound, they haven't announced when the Spurs Cardiff game. If it's happening on a Saturday as well, or maybe it's the Sunday. That'll be the second match played in Spurs new stadium. Um, that could be be pretty fun. That's true. So um, and uh, Anfield at, at yeah. Anfield uh, Liverpool's hosting Man City. I assume these tickets are all like impossible to get, but you know <laughs> we'll figure we it have out. friends. We have friends. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so if you have any tips on uh, you know matches we should watch, um, you know like you know stadiums we should visit, um, you know neither by neither of us have actually been to any UK stadiums to watch matches. So. Um, you know, any, any recommendations, I will gladly take, um, you know, places to stay, you know, if you know a great Airbnb in London, uh, you know, let us know about that too. Uh, but yeah, we're super excited about that. So, uh, lots, and you know, while we're there, we definitely want to do some meetups. Um, it'd be awesome to do like a live podcast recording if that were, if that were doable. Um, but at the very least, you know, we've just made a ton of friends in the UK, um, over the last few years. And, um, you know, a lot of them have come to visit us in New York and, um, you know, we're looking forward to returning. Yeah, for, first and foremost, we want to go to your Black Horse Tavern wherever you live in the UK. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, Brennan, you've got a, uh, some teams to focus on early on in the season. Yeah, so just looking at the first three, four, five weeks of the season, I was crawling through the fixture list just to see what the matchups are. Handful of teams immediately jump out at me um, just based on fixture runs. And of the heavy hitters, uh, Chelsea. So Chelsea is going to be an interesting proposition going into this next season because they'll have a new manager. Um, They will not have Champions League obligations. And they're starting out with Huddersfield. Uh, um, Huddersfield, Arsenal, then Newcastle, Bournemouth, Cardiff. Um, So so Chelsea could be uh, one to watch at, at the start. Lower down the table, uh, and a team that, of course, came on midway through the season, Crystal Palace. They start off uh, on the road um, with a London derby uh, against my beloved Fulham uh, in game week one. And then, let's see, then they they host Liverpool, obviously going to be a tough match. But after that, 
for Palace. It's Watford, Southampton, and Huddersfield. Um, So, you know, the the only problem here is that Will Zaha is going to come in at a super annoying price, right? He's going to be like 8.5 million or something like that. Yeah, uh, so Milivojevic might actually be a very popular fourth midfielder at the start of the season, sure. I'm guessing, because, of course, he's really uh, – he's he's on pens. Um, he – for – For Yeah, on, on all that stuff. So I think Milivojevic might be one to target depending on what Zaha's price tag is. Liverpool, kind of a tricky proposition. Um like Sadio Mane and Mo Salah coming off the World Cup. Salah, of course, um, who knows what the deal is. He looked fine today against Russia, but um, injuries aside, and Klopp with his um, penchant for rotation, all that in mind, Liverpool start off hosting West Ham, then they have Palace, then Brighton, uh, followed by Leicester, and then... um, and then they're away to Spurs, uh, looks like, in game week four. So anyway, Liverpool, depending on how they look uh, in, in the pregame fixtures, might be one to watch. Also, the the other the last two teams that I'm going to flag are Burnley and Everton. Now, Everton, lots of question marks there because they were a very oddball team last season. But um, they've got promoted side Wolves in game week one. And then it's Southampton, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, West Ham before they uh, are away to Arsenal. So a decent lineup for them. Burnley, let's see. Let me run through their fixtures real quick. They start off with Southampton, and then it's Watford. Uh, no disrespect to you, Watford. We love you. Then Fulham, <laughs> and, and then they hit Manchester United. So uh, at least a decent first three fixtures for Burnley. All right. So, you know, it's, it's fun to even just like sort of dip our toe in that water a little bit, you know, just to – just to start thinking about a few players. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And from those five teams, it's like I'm not even – those aren't teams where I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a it's captain sensible. Obviously, Man City is going to be a hugely rated team. Manchester United bringing in probably some new players. Um, yeah, well, and back it, to Jeremiah's question earlier, I mean, you know, if Eden Hazard and Belgium make the semifinals or something or win it, um, you know, he's – probably not going to be on the team at the start of the season, right? I mean, yeah. there's a good chance that he won't play until, you know, game week two or three. I mean, I feel like when Ozil came back from the 2014 World Cup, he didn't play at least the first couple of weeks of the season, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a lot, you know, there might be some some odd-looking teams at the start of the season with a lot of early wild cards once very, these players start to come back in. Yeah, it, it's very weird looking at these fixtures because you look for your your favorite sort of fantasy team. Say just take Man City or any of these teams, Man City or Arsenal or Spurs or United. You're like, oh, good fixture. Then the next week it's like, mm, weird fixture. So the, <laughs> these all these game weeks exist in a complete fantasy vacuum right now. And I really don't know um, yeah. uh, holistically how to feel about it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll have like a million preview podcasts to to talk about that. Yeah. Um, other thing we want to talk about quickly are just just some new acquisitions. These are more like highlights and quick hits. We'll go more in depth, uh, you know, going into the season. But um, just running through a, a few a few teams have done some some big business or you know I don't know big, big I wouldn't say there's any like gigantic signings, but just a lot of like solid mid level signings. Yeah, I feel like we need a big business sort of like. Sound effect there. Big business. <laughs> uh, Arsenal, uh, just, just today they, they signed uh, Burned Leno, 
I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. He uh, comes from Bayer Leverkusen. Most likely, given how much the money they paid for him, uh, is going to become their starting keeper. Um, he's, I think he's like 26 years old. He's a really talented player. He's got some caps to the German national team. A little mistake prone. Um, I think I read that um, in the last three years, only one other keeper has made more mistakes than he has mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that have led to goals. So a little bit of a concern, but he was also pretty young. You know, a lot of goalkeepers mature a little bit later. So Just look um, at David De Gea. He's still making mistakes. um and uh they also brought in um stefan licksteiner who um looks like a total badass right he comes from uve he's yeah yeah he'll be like 35 by the time the season starts but that's the one flag isn't it like if you've got um uh what's his what's his face on the right hand side there um uh, Bellerin, but yeah, I, yeah, Hector I Bellerin. Yeah, I don't think he's brought in to be a full time starter. I think it's kind of a. I mean, he came out of free. You know, I think it's just like a. He's, he's kind a of babysitter. Mentor, mentor him, push him a little bit. Um, you know, he'll. I, I'm sure he'll end up playing like 20 games, but I don't think he's like a. Um, I don't think he's brought in to replace Bellerin. Can we say for the record, there are, will be no Jay Leno jokes or puns made at Burns' expense? Can we just say that at the That's outset? already happening. I, I've already seen it all over oh, Twitter. Jeez. Okay. Uh, a few uh, mm-hmm. per Murtisacker retired. That's very sad. That is Danny sad. Cazorla BFG. released. Yeah. Jack Jack Wilshire is gone. That is a weird one. Well, weird, weird is not really the right word. Um, it's fascinating. Where does Jack go from here? What team does he end up at? Yeah, maybe back at Bournemouth, that wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. Um, I think a, a club at that Bournemouth level, maybe Everton. I, I'm just trying to think of like a. It'd be cool if he went like if he like tried you know France or something like that, or like tried to. He seems like the kind of guy who would not do that. He seems very English to me. Like, sure, like he he, he wants to be in his comfort zone. Yeah. So he goes. So Jack goes in, has a meeting with Unai Emery, and Emery says. No, this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I like guys who who can play more than 15 matches a season. <laughs> okay, you've also got noted here Takuma Asano. I'm glad to know that Takuma exists. Right. That was more of a copy and paste job there. <laughs> <laughs> Z- he, uh, zero appearances for Arsenal, but it was nice knowing you, Takuma. How about this one? I was surprised by this one. I, I somehow missed this. Uh, Ramadan Sobi moved from Stoke City to Huddersfield Town. That's cool. That? I I yeah. I always had a soft spot for Sobi. It, you know, Stoke City is just a a weird club for anyone to really fit into, particularly as a as an attacking player. So yeah, yeah looking forward to toys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's interesting. I'll be I'll be watching him. Lester, um, really good business so far defensively. Big business. Um, <laughs> uh, Ricardo Pereira. Uh, Pereira. Uh, maybe it's Perea. Um, he uh, is a fullback signed from Porto. Um, he had two goals and seven assists and 43 appearances for Porto last season. Uh, he's got lots of Champions League experience as well. Um, I just think this is a really strong signing for them. Um, you know, that, that team is still pretty solid in the attack, but their defense was really a problem last year. So uh, they brought him in and they also brought in Johnny Evans, who, you know, is a really strong, you know, center back when he's yeah. healthy, uh, which he actually was a fair amount last season. So, um, you know, I just both those players as, as replacements for, you know, so one of the players that got released is Robert Huth. Yeah. So, um, but, but I, I actually you, you think this, probably playing that West it, it spells trouble for Wes Morgan, doesn't it? Like yeah. you, you would think Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire would be the starting center pairing for them. Exactly. I think Wes Morgan's probably, uh, 
uh, you know, I, he's like a legendary beloved figure at that team. So I, I'm sure he'll still be on the squad, but I feel like he's going to be like in that Yaya Torre role next season, you know, uh, Wes, Wes, sixth appearance. Come play in the MLS. We'd love to have you. That's true. That's true. Uh, Liverpool, uh, Fabinho uh, joined from uh, Monaco. Um, he is a, not really a great fantasy aspect, uh, asset, but he's a defensive midfielder. He's likely the Emery Chan replacement. And Nabi Keita, the red shirt freshman, is finally going <laughs> to arrive at Liverpool. Yep. Central midfielder from RB Leipzig. So last last season, he scored nine goals, seven assists for Leipzig. Looks looks great. He'll be fun. Yeah, uh, all of Liverpool's business so far looks looks really really strong. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that team just needed more squad depth in general, right? I mean, we saw that they made it in the Champions League final. They lost one player. <laughs> yeah, no, granted fell apart. one. Yeah, I really, I mean, there was just no one else to bring in, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, you know, obviously they're not going to be able to, they're not, they don't have, you know, they're never going to be a team that has a hundred million Gareth Bale on the bench, but, um, but, you know, having just, just some extra squad depth is going to make a huge difference next year. Uh, Manchester City, uh, Yaya Torre is out. Farewell, Yaya. This is probably the last time we'll ever talk about you in the podcast. So, um, <laughs> so long. And uh, it was fun. I mean, we got a we got a blistering season out of Yaya. That uh, little, um, several, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, first three or four years, you know, you and I were taking FPL seriously. He was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he will be missed. Newcastle signs Martin Dubravka full time permanent deal. Pretty yep. decent goalkeeper, and I, I think the talk online is well done, Dubravka. But you'll probably be priced at five and we'll never, we'll never speak of you again. <laughs> yep, FPL wise, exactly. Have to wait till he falls to four point eight or something. Yeah. Uh, West Ham, uh, you, you're excited about this guy, right? Uh, oh, it's, a, be. it's a, it's a Diop. Diop uh, could not be more excited. Now, a 21 year old French defender, uh, central defender, coming out of Toulouse. Uh, league on side scored two goals last season but at 21 years old hard to say whether that's a, a starting defender for west ham so we'll wait and see um and then wolverhampton uh two really nice signings um one is a uh, a mexican national team player uh raul jimenez uh, he's got a uh, 31 goals and 120 appearances for Benfica. He was he was on the bench for Mexico's opening team, but uh, for Mexico's opening match. But uh, I do think that uh, he'll end up getting some minutes, and so um, another reason to uh, to pay attention to that Mexican national team uh, during the World Cup. Uh, and then uh, Ru, uh, is it Rui uh, Patricia? Your guess uh, is as good as mine, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, apologies to Portuguese listeners. Uh, Starting goalkeeper for Portugal, he's got 70 caps for them, uh, 460 appearances for Sporting, even though he's only 30 years old, uh, and he's kept 179 clean sheets. That in seems like a big number. Appearances. <laughs> it does seem like a big number. The question is, what price is he going to start at? I guess you can't price him at 4.5, right? Because uh, yeah, I mean, you, you get record. The, the track record and also the World Cup bump. I'd be curious yeah. to see how far Portugal goes here and how that how that influences the FPL price. Yeah, but nobody is going to want a Wolver a Wolverhampton GK at yeah, uh, I mean, 5.0. If he's at, at 4.5, he's going to be in everybody's team. Maybe at 4 maybe at 5.0 he's worth it too. I mean, you know, but it's it's hard to have a 5.0 goalkeeper on a promoted squad, right? That's a that's a tough sell. That's a burned Leno price 5.0. <laughs> a burned Leno price. <laughs> Brandon, that's the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed listening. I hope you stuck with it through the end. Um, 
If you would like to support the podcast and help us pay for this trip to the United Kingdom uh, to meet up with our FPL friends and watch some games, uh, please visit patreon.com slash always cheating. You can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash hail cheaters and Facebook at facebook.com slash always cheating. And while while you're here, while we have your attention, please subscribe to the podcast and rate and review. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, go into the iTunes store, give us five stars. And if you have a moment, write us a nice review. It really helps out the podcast a lot. And you can also subscribe on Acast, on, on Stitcher, wherever it is that you do get your podcasts. So, yeah, keep enjoying the World Cup. It's a pretty good World Cup, right? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, it's hard to have a bad world cup, honestly, but I, I, I'm enjoying it. I, you know, there aren't as many of those one-sided, I mean, Sweden, Sweden, South Korea was probably the only genuine dud, I would mm-hmm. say of the opening fixtures. It was mm-hmm. the only one that didn't really have anything redeeming about it. Go Senegal. We didn't really talk a lot about Senegal on this podcast, but I think that they're emerging as a fan favorite. So totally come on and Mexico and, and Serbia yeah there's so many fan favorites we love all the teams <laughs> John Obi Mikel uh, give us a reason to talk about you the next time we podcast yeah exactly please do uh all right Brandon I will see you next week bye hail cheaters bye <laughs>